Hello, and thank you so much for joining us once again. It is the Nightly Pleasures podcast number... I don't know! I'm wearing socks and gloves, and I can't count that high. I'm your host and author of the piece that you're about to hear today, The Grey Knight. You can call me Jack. Are you a new or returning fan? Thank you so much. You can find more of my work on Patreon backslash The Grey Knight. I'm happy to say that I think I finally, after all of these years, have my shit together with me, with Ali, with the project, and all the rest, that I can actually start making good on the promise of uploading stuff on the regular. How do I know? Because I've actually been answering your questions in advance for a while now, and it's going so smoothly, I think I'm almost at the point where Daddy could disappear and nobody would know because the content keeps on coming out. And I gotta say, that is like an ideal place for Daddy to be, having always been a procrastinator all his life. If you believe in this and keeping the dream alive, there's a couple of different things you can do. You can always just go to my blog on Tumblr, that's Grey Knight Erotica, send me a little anon message. It just means a lot to me when it comes from an anon, and I don't know who it is, and I can picture it's anybody, so I can imagine it's Ana de Armas saying it to me. But really, it means a lot to me that it's you, and I appreciate you doing so very much. Uh, besides that little attaboy, or on my blog, you could always just tell a friend, subscribe, like the podcast, and all the rest. It really does mean a lot to me. When people tell me, or ask me, how do you review the podcast, Jack? The answer is, I don't know. You can go on to iTunes and do it. That's deeply appreciated, but also on your own little medium, wherever you listen to it, if you like it, if you listen to it a lot, just know that I appreciate it and you very much. I think that about gets us all set for today. We are keeping the Jubilee on a going. I have taken a little bit from just about all of you and all of your examples and requests and tried to make them into Patreon pieces and, of course, pieces for the podcast as well. I hope that you will enjoy this one as much as I've enjoyed trying to work off of your requests. This is several together. The first, well, I can't tell you what it is. You're going to have to find out. But all I can say is somebody requested a reversal of my typical storytelling style, and I want to leave that up in the air for all the long-term fans. What does it mean? The second request I fulfilled on this one is someone said it was a very long day for me, and they wanted me to take out my aggression on my baby girl in the best way possible. Last but not least, someone asked me, can you do a deep-voiced daddy-baby-girl article where you lay on the affection a little bit extra thick? And also, it wouldn't hurt if you really came and gave some growls. Well, I didn't really growl, but I did give it my all to give you a nice rumbly voice, and I definitely gave you more than that. Here it comes, the fan piece that I think you're really going to enjoy. I like to call it Long Day. <gasps> uh -oh. Don't get up. Mm -mm, baby girl, daddy needs you right where you are. Mm -mm, feels so fucking good. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, you're gonna feel so good. Yes, baby. I know. Kiss in the back of your head because it's been such a. Mm, mm, mm. Your hair smells so good. New shampoo? Because it's been such a long day. And I need you. Daddy needs you. Princess, please. Princess, please. Daddy needs you. Oh my god. Do you feel that ache in me? Oh, baby, 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 girl. What am I supposed to do? Don't tell me I'm using my voice for evil just because I'm making it rumble right next to your ear. And that rumble goes all the way down your little baby girl ear, bounces down your spine, makes you feel all warm and ooey-gooey and wet in your little baby girl center. Mm, I'm not. I'm using my voice for good, not evil. I swear. Oh, you don't want to be able to resist me anyway, do you? Oh, I hope not. I don't want to be resisted. I hate it. It's no fun at all. Oh, come on there, baby, 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 baby. Baby, I'm gonna touch a different part of you every time I say it. Baby, 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 baby. Don't you see that's how bad I need it, that I'm just fucking your thighs from behind while grabbing your ass cheeks? Don't you see? Don't you see? Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Oh. That feels this good between your thighs. What's it gonna feel like inside you? <sighs> Don't you wanna find out? Baby, baby, daddy needs you. It's been such a long day. I just know that once I'm all the way in, it's gonna feel so much better. It's gonna feel so much better, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Come on, lie you down flat. Mm. Come on, it's okay. Daddy's just gonna spread those thighs right open. There we go, there we go. Oh, look who's so wet for Daddy already. God, he loves it when his baby girl is so turned on. Especially when it's from nothing. Especially when it's just from him showing her how much he needs her. Oh, you're so fucking hot. You are. Daddy thinks you're so fucking hot and he needs to fuck you all the time. You feel so good. Baby, you feel so good. Baby, you feel so fucking good as I tap this dick against your ass cheeks. Mm, 
clean those next to your ear. I didn't want to just turn you on with my voice and then take it away. Mm -mm. I love how wet it makes you, baby girl. I love it. What a sucker you are for it, too. Mm -hmm. You make me so fucking hard, you don't even have to suck my dick. Do you know how fucking good that feels? Do you know how many baby girls daddy was with where he had to put it in her mouth just to get turned on? But you make me so fucking hard. This pussy makes daddy so hard. Yes, it does. Oh my god, it's so naughty getting it into you like this from behind. Come on, baby, rub your clit. Come on, baby, rub your clit from beneath. I want it. Daddy wants it. Come on. Come on, there you go. Help him. Help him. If you snake your hand underneath, mm-hmm, and while Daddy's pushing down on you from behind with his big strong body, you're gonna come so Good. Don't you want to come so good? Don't you want to come for daddy so good? Yes, you fucking do. Of course you 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 do right there. Of course you do right there. Of course you do right there. There, 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 there. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. Said too long and long and too long. God damn it. God damn it. Yes. 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 Oh. God. Fucking. Damn. The way you squeeze me. Make it wet. Make it wet. Baby girl. Baby girl. Baby girl. Make it wet. Make it wet. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. What you do to me. Mm -hmm. oh. Oh, I'm so glad you can take this big, hard, daddy dick. Yes, I am, and I don't have to hold back after I open you up. Ah! I love how I can fuck you. I love how much you love your daddy fucking you. You're such a good girl. Do you know you're such a good girl with that dick inside you? Do you know you're such a good girl with that dick inside you? Do you know you're such a good girl with that dick inside you? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I said rub that fucking clit. I said rub that fucking clit. You're a good girl with that dick deep inside you. Yes, you fucking are. Are you gonna fucking come? 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 Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Good God damn it! Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Come on! Yes, you are. Just that quick! Just that quick! Just that quick! God damn! This dick is so deep inside you. It's so fucking thick. You love it, baby girl. Are you a good girl? Good girls come for daddy. Good girls come for daddy. They come all over his cock. Yes, they do. Good girls come for daddy. They come all over his big, fat dick. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, baby, poor thing. Mm. Sounds like someone was beating you half to death. How did you even survive? Oh my god. How did you even survive? How did you even make it through that? You feel so good, don't you? Don't you? Mm.
I'm telling you that you feel so good. You're not going to argue with your daddy, are you? You're not going to argue with your daddy, are you? You're not going to fight him, are you? Are you? Are you? Uh, uh, not in this position. Not when he can bite that pretty little ear all the way off. And if his dick is deep enough inside you, you might not even notice. Daddy didn't come, cause daddy didn't want to, cause you made daddy convince you to get this dick, so now he's gonna make you squeeze it extra hard to come inside, aha, uh-huh. even after a long day, even after a long hard day, he's gonna make you work it at the end, work it at the end, yes, <laughs> I love what I do to you. I love how I make you feel. Daddy loves how good it feels inside you, too. Obviously, how strong you feel. All the things you do, you can't believe it, can you? Can you? You're so goddamn lucky, aren't you? Aren't you getting this from me? Getting this from me? Getting this from me? Yes, 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 yes. Right there, right there, right there, right there. Aha, aha, aha. Good fucking good. Good fucking good. Squeeze it, squeeze it. I said squeeze it. I said, I said, I said fucking squeeze it. God damn, god damn, god damn, god damn. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, you're so fucking good at coming for me like that. Mm, Moving back into a position where I need you to be. And being so fucking eclectic. You're the perfect baby girl. I love taking out the aggressions of the day on you. Showing you exactly that you're a piece of me. Lulling you in and out of all the hard parts of your day. Mm, tell me I'm a good daddy. Tell me I'm a good daddy. Tell me as I'm a good daddy as even a fuck you, even as 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 a clench on your neck, your ear, whenever I want them, when I slide this thick dick all the way inside you, I can feel your body tensing your whole core, cause I know how much it aches to feel it, open you up, drag inside of you, make you feel everything, 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 yes, 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 You feel too good, you're gonna make me come. You feel too good, you're gonna make me come. You gonna come? 
You have to make me come so I can shoot it back into you with how hard I'm gonna blow my load. Do you understand? You're gonna come all over me one last time and then I'm gonna shoot it back into you, only thicker and hotter and wetter because of how good you feel on me, because of how good you feel on me, because of how good you feel, because of how fucking good you feel, because of how good you feel, baby girl. You feel so good, you feel so good, you feel so good. You're gonna make me come? You're gonna make me come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Right there. Right there. <laughs> Fuck yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you are gonna drive me absolutely insane one of these days. I'm not gonna be able to pull out of you. I'm gonna fuck you too fast, too hard. This dick is gonna be eating every part of you. I'm gonna get in your Are you gonna make me come? Are you gonna make me come? Huh? Are you gonna make me come? God damn it. God damn it. you baby girl. Mm, I want more of you tomorrow morning. Mm, I want more of you tomorrow night. I want more of you sometime after that. Mm. 
skin is so warm. Holding myself against you. Pressing myself against you. Ooh. sad. The only thing I can think about is making you feel happier so that I can be with you again. I think I'm the most horrible boyfriend who's ever lived. Oh, but that's what I think about. It flashes through my mind about how if you're not feeling good, and I won't be feeling good because you won't want to kiss me or touch me and you'll want to play with me. It's very selfish, I know. On the other hand, it means I always want you feeling good. And I always want you to feel better when you're not. Because I only want you to play with me. You want to play. I just want you to play all the time. I can just never stop thinking about playing with you. Even when there's just nothing left in me. And I'm so hungry or tired or anything else. Even then, all I can think about is being inside you. The sounds you make and the movements you only do and trapped around my dick when I'm pushing it so deep in you. I feel so powerful. I feel so sexy. I feel so good. I love it. I fucking love it. And you. I love you. I love fucking you. And I fucking love you. <laughs> You are just so wonderful. Mm. Mm. I like it so much. Mm. Touching your wrists, the back of your hands, your skin telling you that you're so sexy. I'm sorry that it's just so, so, so up in the air right now, everything all the time, but you're so sexy. You're so good. So wonderful. Yes, 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 I want it, I want you, I want it, I want you. All the time. You're so sexy. You're so lovely. You're such a very good baby girl. <laughs> mm -mm. I can't kiss you this fast on your lips. You kiss back back of your head doesn't have suction. Mm. 
Oh, well, you want a real kiss and I should roll you over and kiss you, huh? You want me to say it again? Say what? I know. Do I know like you say I do? Don't hit me. Open your eyes, then, so I can look right in them and say what you want me to say so much again. I love that pussy baby girl. <laughs> hey, ah, all right, all right, jeez. I love you. God, do I enjoy coming home to you after a long day. And I really never stop thinking about fucking my baby girl. Not really. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed that piece. Uh, I don't, I don't really have anything for you to, to slide in here, I think. I'm doing the questions in advance now, so just know that everybody who sends one in, I appreciate it, and so does everybody who listens to this segment of the podcast. Thank you. And here we go. Question number one from Printer. Hello again, Jack. This Hello. Is Printer. Hi. I've got three questions as per usual. Oh, I love it. First, if you could instantly learn one new skill, Ooh. what would it be? So I've been having a lot of fun trying to learn something. I think for the first time in my life, I've previously said on the podcast that learning is discomfort, and there are neurologists who will tell you that. But uh, I don't. I don't know. For the first time in my life, cooking. I've tried to bake and stuff before, and it went pretty well. But like this is this is different. This is this is. How, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And so with this information and the feeling that that I could have a skill set just work for me. I don't know. Charisma? I know a lot of you think I'm charismatic, but, like, what if I really just, like, turned it on just to benefit myself and then only turned it off when I wanted to be authentic? That'd be pretty cool. Second, if you have one, what's your favorite type of soup to eat? And are you more of a fan of soups with a lot of broth, or do you like more of a stew-type consistency? I am a stew man through and through, and... Uh, Speaking of cooking, one of the first things that I decided to make with uh, trying to get back into baking and bread was bread bowls because they look so good. And I've actually filled up a number of bread bowls with uh, little stews. Uh, that's the consistency that I like more than uh, soups. I like taking a piece of meat. I used to make a pretty good oxbone tail or oxtail soup. I forget how you pronounce uh, that cut of meat once you make up the soup. But you coat it in flour. It's 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 a it's a very rough, tough cut of meat. But then you can make it very tender with the slow cooking process, and it's just a great stew meat. I think you cover it with flour and like paprika and pepper and shit, and then you you know you brown it real quick in a big iron skillet, and then you slow cook it. Oh, delicious! And lastly. Have you ever seen a production of the Vagina Monologues? And if so, <laughs> what do you think of it? I've never seen Vagina Monologues. I never saw Rent. Uh, 
I never saw. There's a lot. There was a lot that was like super angels in America. I never saw angels in America. Uh, I love the original producers movie with Gene Wilder and Zero Williams, but I've never seen a rendition of the producers. So those are the ones I haven't seen. I've seen Stomp several times, and every time I reveal that I've seen Stomp, people are surprised. They're like, "You're a stomper? That's the worst one." I'm like, "Well, that just goes to show you." <laughs> That I really am as, as worthless as I've been saying my whole life because I fucking love Stomp. Um, uh, You're in Town is a personal favorite, but nobody no, – people hear that name and they immediately turn off, which I know because I did the exact same thing, especially if it's coming from a guy who does BDSM and stuff. <laughs> uh, but that's a, that's a great one that's pretty well regarded and I've seen a number of times. Um uh, – I mean, I've seen a lot of... I've seen Falstaff, the opera. I've seen... I'm trying, just trying to think of really big ones. You know what I've never seen and nev- don't have any interest in whatsoever? Mozart's The Magic Flute. No fucking... No fucking interest whatsoever in that one. Just the synopsis I've heard and I rolled my eyes at. I'm not actually the biggest Mozart fan of all. Like, the whole... The whole spending two and a half, three and a half, four hours plus... On, on a on a night to go and hear a tale about a magic flute written hundreds of years before screenwriting. Oof. Oof. I don't know, Mozart. Maybe maybe if you had seen Jaws, you could have you could have made this a little bit more interesting. Printer, thank you so much. Thanks for your time, Jack. Thank you, you baby. You Bye. too. We appreciate you, baby. Hey Jack. I just have one question for you today. Okay. I think this is Kelly. And it is a silly one. Oh no. So you're trapped in a room with a gorilla, a lion, oh, and fuck. a bear. Oh, fuck. Now, you have to fight one of them what? to get out. Thankfully, the other two have promised what? not to jump in. What? They're not, not going to be my friends. I thought the other two were going to be my friends. I was so excited for a second. I was like, oh, the other two have promised to have your back. I'm like, okay, okay. Now, this is this is a fight. Okay, so the gorilla is out. Especially if it's a male gorilla, but even if it's a female gorilla, out. You do not know how strong a gorilla is. Let me just give you, let me just give you a little tidbit on bur- gorillas, because like the average dude will talk about how strong a gorilla is. They won't tell you why the average gorilla is so strong. So, from an evolutionary biology mechanic, you know the way that that it's proposed by uh, our stupid bonobo chimp brain culture is if a man's alpha, that means he's just fucking all the time. Yeah, and he's eating meat, and he's just, he's so cool. And then gorillas are also awesome, and gorillas are vegetarian. Uh, and they have harems. Uh, most most gorilla species, maybe even all gorilla species, uh, have harems. Here's what you might not know about, like, Asian and African gorilla uh, species of now and old. Uh, they have harems, and they're so big and strong because they never have sex. I don't know if you know this about gorillas, but there's species of gorillas that literally only get, like, one erection every other week. And they have sex with, like, one partner, you know, every 40, 45 days or so. That's not to say they have sex with every partner every 40, 45 days or so. Gorilla biology is, like, made up so that everybody just kind of chills around the patriarch. And then occasionally one of the gorilla women will be like, oh, ovulating. And all the other gorilla women will be like, yeah, good. Good job. 
Well done. And uh, and that's the only thing that interests uh, the, the patriarch gorilla, and he has sex with her. Um, so, like... <laughs> basically gorilla males are, are are shown as the sign of virility and power and security they're just like the franchise holders they're just there to make sure that everything else goes down okay they're just the ups man of the fucking jungle there's nothing to them and so all of that testosterone and all that cognition and all that stuff that we put into our human bodies to hopefully propel us into the future <laughs> and be better species than we were uh, gorillas just pump straight into strength when it comes to the male of the species. Okay, so now that I've said all that out loud, there's no way of winning any of these fights. <laughs> I was just trying to think, like, maybe I could do something to the... Because here's the thing. If I have to, if I'm not allowed to give a silly answer back since somehow I've gotten a promise from two animals, and I'm not allowed to fucking... I'm telling you, I told you, printer... How great would charisma help me out right now if I could get the other two animals to fucking fight for me instead of just having like, whoa, 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 we'll watch. Uh, the answer is that I fight the lion, and by fight, I mean I stare at the lion intensely, thinking <laughs> I am one with the force and the force is one with me, over and over and over again until I succumb from fatigue or the door is opened. Uh, or the lion, of course, mauls me. Uh, I don't actually know if lions are intimidated by prey looking at them. Tigers are. In fact, every couple of years, a new story will pop out of, like, Southeast Asia or something. We're like, a five-year-old girl defeated a tiger. She gave it mad fucking eyes. She just stared right at it like, motherfucking tiger. And the tiger was too intimidated and didn't fight her. It'll happen over and over again. It'll be There's a story of a gal who walked back, a girl, really, who walked backwards. She's like seven, eight. She walks backwards like two miles. Uh, she sees a tiger looking at her. She walks backwards the entire way to her fucking village. And it works. Because the tiger's like, okay, all right. As soon as you turn. We've been doing this a while, but I'm telling you, little girl, as soon as you turn, I'm going to get you. Uh, and then she just she just didn't because she <laughs> I, I don't know I I'm a little vague on that one because all the stories kind of blend together. There's a lot of like so I look over and I see a tiger and I don't look away. Understandably, uh, so I'm gonna go with the lion. I'm gonna stare at the fucking lion. There's no way to hurt a lion with my body. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been around a lion or a tiger. There's no. It's not like a shark or something where you can come up with a plan like, okay, I'm gonna punch the shark in the cartilage of its nose. It's gonna let me go. That bullshit either. It's a silly one, but I want to win the fight, and there's just no way to win a fight versus a lion, so Jeremy Iron's going to take me out. That's all for me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll see you and the ladies on the <laughs> Thank you. I wonder how many people are going to, like, hey, Jack. have a problem with that. Hello, Julie. Julie. K. Hello, Julie. I, I haven't asked them. questions in quite a while. You sure haven't. And I have a couple I would like to ask you. I would love to hear them. First question is... Is there a dish on your food bucket list that you want to learn how to cook this year? There is. And in fact, cooking is a whole project leading towards showing a movie and cooking a dish in that movie and eating it while I show it on the server. But I don't want to say what it is because both it will give away the movie, which is not a well-known movie. It's a Jack Clack. It's a it's 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 deep in the closet of Jack Clacks. It's like the Tao of Steve level of like, oh, I've, I think I heard of that movie maybe once in a dream. 
Um, but yeah, actually, I have a couple of plans. So since that's a little too tantalizing, I came up with and I researched and I spent like four or five hours researching different things to come up with a Christmas meal for me called Purple Duck. And I call it Purple Duck because it's going to be purple, hypothetically, at the end. I don't know. I've never made it. But also because it's just like I'm making a little bit of fun of Duck Orange. Duck Orange. Depending on which way you want to go with it. And, um, you know, Orange Duck is just not. Orange Duck doesn't sound as, as cool. Right? Because orange chicken is something you get through a fast food window. And orange duck doesn't sound nearly as cool as duck orange. And so I realized, like, I just want to take all of the information that I've learned about duck and citrus and, and like, when to spice something. Because I grew up, I don't know about you, Julie. I don't know who taught you how to cook or if anybody did. Like, nobody taught me either. Uh, but all the, all the advice that I got from, like, shows and blogs and what have you was, like, oh, don't season anything the day before. You know, season everything like two hours before. Otherwise, you're just wasting it. And then, like, Duck LaRange, like, or, or, I, I actually don't know how to say it anymore. I haven't made so much fun of it. Um, you know, like, a lot of the recipes for it will call for start prepping the duck and bathing in orange and, and stuff 36, 48 hours ahead of time. Uh, and this really just kind of led to a revelation. And so I want to make my version of that fancy French classic. Uh, but I want to make it with plums and what have you. And I had everything all researched and ready to go. And then uh, I I don't know what it's been like in your neck of the woods, but it's just sometimes it's just hellacious trying to get groceries out here. And then there was just there was no plums. There were no plums for three weeks. I, I kept checking and searching and after everything I did and they were absolutely critical towards it. So one day I hope to make purple duck if I don't die first. The second question is, have you ever been out on a clear night, uh -oh. either walking or driving somewhere, and you saw something in the sky that you couldn't explain? Huh. Uh, this happened to me a couple of times in my life. Really? And I just wondered, since you live in the desert southwest, oh. if you've ever had something come across your path. The answer is no. And I once lived on a ranch in the middle of nowhere and took long, long, long rock walks. And the other thing about uh, living in the middle of nowhere is you can hear a plane from so far away, even like a small little Cessna or something. When you live in the middle of nowhere, when you don't hear street traffic and you live alone, like your, your ability to hear noise and vibration in the atmosphere, it alters. It's very different than when you live in the middle of a city, even if plane flights overhead you think are sporadic. Um, just, just the vibrations and everything. You get really, really attuned to them in a way. And I, I bring that up because I remember a fucking horrible movie called The Village. I'm going to spoil it, sorry. Where everybody lives in the village, and it's an old-timey village in, like, the 1800s or 1700s or some shit. And then, like, it turns out to be modern society, and they're, like, you know, a few hundred fucking <laughs> meters from a busy road. And they're next to a huge city that would definitely have an airport, and there's no chance that not only would they not have seen the airport, but heard the airport, and know very specifically that it's not some monster in some woods some fucking place. Uh, it's just, it's very clear that it's going to happen. Now, I bring that up because, again, you're sitting alone in the middle of a ranch uh, where you're miles and miles and miles away from the nearest neighbor or road or anything like that. You hear a plane come overhead. You can feel it. You can feel like a little bit of vibration and stuff. And all the nights and all the days and everywhere that I've been out there, I never had any UFO or anything cool like that fly overhead. 
Um, and then the other thing that kind of freaks me out about this one is a lot of people think that I, you know, because I believe in what they call kooky stuff, because I'm more left-wing politically than some people, or perhaps I am more of the actual definition of open to new information than people. Like if some, if information comes my way that somebody goes, oh, the Romans actually stunk, they were worthless. Uh, I know you've spent your whole life loving the Romans. Here's an actual cool people. I'm much more receptive to that than most people, I think. I really do. Uh, and a lot of people, because they latch on to the information that they have, I talked about how learning is pain a little bit earlier, um, they find that insane. A lot of people have earned their knowledge. These are the kind of people that, like, just think about, like, how somebody becomes, like, a doctor or gets an achievement of something, and then they absolutely refuse to let that go. Now, they are that authority. Doesn't matter how many authorities are in the world that have that same title or even better than them. They are the authority, and you will listen to them. Um, that's the kind of mentality I think just about actually everybody has about a fact that they learn. The name of this country is what? Well, then that's the name of the country. I'm not going to call it Chechia. I'm not going to call it the Czech Republic. I learned on a map it was called Czechoslovakia. I'm going to keep calling it Czechoslovakia because that's what it was written as. So, duh. Um, and I, I know a lot of people think that I probably believe in really kooky shit like alternate cancer cures or, but I don't, or, you know, alternate, I don't even really believe in aliens is, is what the run up to that one was. I'm sorry for disappointing people. I don't really believe in aliens. I, I do believe that it's possible for there to be alien sentient life, of course, but the idea that in our huge universe... In our very limited time of being here as human beings, that we're going to run into them? I don't believe that that's possible. I don't believe that that's possible. We might evolve to become a species post-homo sapien, in which we meet the aliens. But, like, the aliens didn't come when we were Neanderthals. Do you believe that they did? Do you, do you believe that they've been coming this entire time? Because I fucking... This isn't to Julie. This is to all of you. I'm so sorry if this is... if I hope this does not come across as hostile, because I actually kind of like talking about this one. But it does disappoint and piss people off, which is why I'm doing the huge kind of song and dance at the start. People expect me to be like, oh yeah, there's aliens and they came and they taught us algebra. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the exact opposite. I hate it when people talk about how aliens gave us pyramid technology or some shit. It blows my fucking mind that people actually kind of believe that stuff. And the reason why I'm talking about the village and aircraft overhead and being alone at night and, and knowing real well how how quiet it is and how used it is to get vibrations all of the sudden all of the sudden my voice is cracking and i became the teenage character from the simpsons all of the sudden out of nowhere after what feels like two decades of people laying like shut up about ufos because in the 90s people would not shut the fuck up about aliens and it just bothered the shit out of the rest of us after like two decades of people not talking about it and now everybody having smartphones and shit. People are pretending that there's fucking UFOs and stuff again. And I don't know what to do with it. There's all these, like, footages. There's all these, like, shots and, like, video clips and what have you of, like, people, pilots, like, what's that? I don't know what that was. And everyone's like, you <laughs> And all I can say is, from the bottom of my fucking heart, we better hope that some kind of celestial intelligence isn't capable of taking craft, assembling them, 
shipping them who knows how far across the universe to our little to our little stop. Literally, who could who could even begin to comprehend how far? All the energy that would take. And then have those little discs fly around us and whiz around us in the sky in a way that's just so much faster and so much crazier than our than our aircraft capabilities, right? Which are going hundreds of miles an hour. And make no sound, but much more importantly, no drag in the atmosphere whatsoever. Because whenever you watch one of these videos with one of these discs moving, again, this is kind of a hard... This is something I never would have considered before I lived on the ranch alone and, and listened to planes and watched planes go overhead. It's not that I don't believe that aliens could do all that. Absolutely, of course they could. People are capable of doing things all the time that I'm not capable of understanding, so of course aliens could so much easier. It's that there's no effect. They've, they, they not only have the technology to build like these fucking craft and get them here, but they also have the ability to make them out of something where it can move around in our atmosphere without causing any kind of drag, without any kinds of disturbance or atmospheric disturbance. Because I want you to think about how light a bird wing is, like a small bird, not a big bird, and like how much vibration and disturbance you sense as an entity from when they flap their wings. Even if you couldn't hear, right? Imagine you're deaf and you're watching just a pigeon or something flap its wings. You know that you could probably sense and detect the wing, just, just a pigeon wing. So if aliens are coming over here, they're dropping fucking UFOs that are capable of just through our sky, but causing no drag on the atmosphere because of their super cool technology. All I can say is, let's hope that they're just fucking like drunk teenagers having a good time or something, right? Let's hope that they're just like tourists who just are there's like can't wait for us to join the galactic community or something and they're just like you know they're the equivalent of like the guy who punches sharks who jumps off like a cruise ship to punch a shark right that's the equivalent of these assholes they're just fucking with us because otherwise what are you gonna do what are you gonna do i have to i have to kind of believe that there's no ufos that there might be a lot of really interesting digital chicanery going on that perhaps there's there's aircraft capability that we don't understand the ability of but if there's actually ufo flying through the sky not making a noise when i know how loud a fucking cessna is uh how long you can hear a cessna just a fucking cessna when it's going through the sky and you're the only thing in that area uh that's just terrifying by and by I, oh, oh, shit, here was the answer the whole time. Nah, god damn it, we're doing it at the end. Hey, by the way, I'm pretty sure I've seen a stealth bomber. I'm pretty sure I've seen a stealth bomber. It's kind of the thing that's hard to say, but I do, I, yes, yes. And that didn't even remotely freak me or anything. And let me just say, not fucking stealth when it's flying through the fucking sky. ha <laughs> ha. Thanks so much, Jack. Thank you, Appreciate Julie. It. All right. I really Have a hope. Great rest of your week, and thank you so much for all that you do for us. Oh, thank you. See ya. Thank you. I really hope that that answer comes off as as not. I know a lot of people are very passionate on this one, and they expect me to be too. It's like when I like I'm so nerdy, and I'm like, yeah, but I fucking hate Star Wars. It's like like the number of plates I've heard drop 
because I'm like, yeah, but I fucking hate Harry Potter. It's just like, okay, I don't know how. I, I have my own opinions, people. Yeah. Thank you, Julie. Lastly, we have Allie. Hi there, Jack. Hello. Here with some questions from the ladies I'm for sorry. you. I'm sorry for shouting at you, Allie. First question is from Nadi. What's one of the most interesting things you've learned from your travels? The most interesting thing that I've learned from my travels is that the saying wherever you go, there you are, is totally false. David Sedaris once talked about how he went to Japan to quit smoking. It's not that he thought that Japan would have any answers for him to quit smoking. In fact, he knew that the Japanese average man smoked more than the average American when he went. I don't know if that's still true. Uh, it's just that he wanted to go to a place where everything was new and so that he could divorce himself from all of the impulses and sensations that would lead him to smoking. All of the possible potential triggers he needed to reinvent that part of his neurology in his own thinking. It's why he did it. And he found it to be a successful enterprise. I find the same. If you see the same painting on two continents at two times in your life, you might have two very different reactions to it. And surprisingly, the same painting in two different galleries and two different museums might evoke two different sensations on you, not because you're having two different kinds of days or because so much time really has even transpired between them, but just because you and the painting happen to be in the same city in the same time again. You happen to see one another again, and you happen to regard one another again. And if someone is lucky enough to go down that particular crossroad, I can't help but say that the lesson that they should learn is that, oh goodness, that sounded so good before the pause, <clears throat> that who you are at a moment in time and who you are when you travel, where you go, what you feel, that's all you. You can't really pick and choose which is you. You can choose which becomes you. You can choose which represents you. You can choose which you want to be more like. But it's all you. And this is why I very much encourage people to travel and experience what they can in their own way. Because it will teach you better than anything else who you are to you. Not to anybody else or who anybody else says you are. You experiencing something, be it a movie, a video game, a trip, a journey, food, you experiencing it for yourself and your earnest reaction and conversation will teach you who you are to you. Okay. Thank you, Nadi. A couple of questions from Rod. What would you say is your most go-to snack right now? I am not snacking. In 2021 so far, I'm doing real good with this shit. Uh... Historically speaking, nuts, because they're so fucking... I know they're full of calories, but they're so good for you, and then you fill up on them. So nuts and pretzel sticks are pretty high up there. Uh, popcorn's pretty high up there in the last couple of years trying to lose weight. It's really good for you. Uh, very cheap. But in 2021, I am basically not ordering in food. I am basically uh, cooking everything uh, up. I'm doing, I'm doing the fasting thing. For, for 10, 12, 16 hours a day most days. Goodness. Uh, and, see, that's a little fasting burp for real. That's not a joke. <laughs> Allie, you can keep it in. I don't give a shit. Uh, 
I, I, I really, I have not, I've, I've been avoiding the snacks. I've been avoiding the processed food. I'm going to, real quick about that one. Uh, as somebody who loves movies, and the last movie they saw in the theater was Parasite, which was a real, like, mixed pleasure seeing such a great movie as the last movie in the theater. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just, whew. Boy, I'm getting a little philosophical towards the end here. I promise I haven't been smoking or token out. I've been enjoying doing the questions uh, sober with you guys. Um, goodness. Seeing Parasite in the theater as the last movie that I did and enjoying it so much uh, was really kind of rough for me. This is very personal. Apologies. Because uh, I enjoyed it so much, and I've been alone since then. You know, it's been disappointing for me since then. And while things in my life have been getting better, I've had to focus and concentrate to get out of bed some days, and that just stinks. And I love movies and media and entertainment. I was a lonely, nerdy kid, and they've always been there for me. It's the only thing. It's one of the only things that ever has. And so not seeing movies and watching all the movies and whatnot get taken off the calendar and watching the slow production of new movies and TV shows, it really stunk. And I totally was just a dumb little bigot, I'm going to admit, about the movie Soul. I saw the movie Soul in the poster, and I said, oh, that's just going to be Coco with Soul music. And that was just so dumb of me. That was such, in retrospect, I didn't even know I was being a dumb little bigot at the time, but I clearly was. I said, that's just going to be Coco with soul music. Because I don't watch trailers or anything. I don't investigate. And so I wasn't expecting anything from soul. And I expected 2020 to just have no good fucking movies whatsoever, really. And I didn't really enjoy my time watching media in 2020 nearly as much as the last couple of years. And so to watch soul at the end of the year on the server with the ladies of the night... And to really have it be the best Pixar movie I've seen in a decade. I was I was actually just thinking about Soul the other day and maybe watching it like for a third time, which is very rare for me for any movie, much less three times in three months. Um But I I uh I didn't expect to love Soul. It's the best soul it's the best Pixar movie I've seen since Up, Wally for sure. Somewhere in there. Like, I don't think the other ones were bad or anything. I enjoyed them all very much, but they were not journeys that affected me like Up or Wally did. The end of Wally shocked me with how much I cared about the stupid fat humans on their chairs and their journey back home. I can't be. See, I'm even choking. Like, it just. It just. Sh- the message of the Act 3 of Wally, just like after the first two thirds of that movie, I was like. Holy shit, this is amazing. Pixar's really swinging for the fences here. Uh, I still think the last act of Wally is just amazing. Um, and and uh, the last act of Up 2, everybody talks about the first, you know, 10 minutes of that movie, rightfully so. Masterpiece. That being said, I personally cried the hardest at the end of Up when he realizes that the fucking book he's been looking at the whole way through has a message for him that he's not seeing. And then he sees it. That's where the waterworks go for me. And I, it's been a long time since I had that kind of journey with a Pixar movie. And Soul having it was just great and wonderful, and it stuck with me, and I think about little lines in it all the time. Uh, but the line that stuck with me from Soul at the end of this huge rambling uh, dismount is... I'm so sorry. Rock, because you've got more questions and everything. 
there's a line in Soul where an actress I quite like just says, Seriously, stay away from the processed food. And I just, every time I think about, like, oh, I don't know, I feel kind of lazy, maybe I shouldn't make bread. I think about her popping up, telling me I'm going to die. If I eat them Lay's potato, I don't even like Lay's potato chips. If I eat them Lay's potato chips, I really don't actually like them. I think they're so gross. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Oh, no, there's more questions. Since the pandemic started, uh, all of us are staying at home. Uh, How do you think you would dress up for a fancy dinner? I mean, I cook myself fancy dinners, and let me just say that I put on my finest sweatpants and hoodie for myself. Uh, I actually read something about ordering in Grubhub that uh, I, I didn't. Even, I wasn't even looking for. It was just like a foreign com- forum comment, uh, not about ordering in food. And it was just like somebody talking about like, yeah, like now I have a pair of pants and and. Uh, you know, I have a pair of sweatpants and a and a shirt for the drawer to open up for food delivery for Grubhub. <laughs> and it was just a bunch of people like, Ooh, look at the Prince of Wales. Oh, Mr. Fancy still goes to get something in, in clothing without sweat and food stains. Ooh, la, la. And uh, I just about died laughing because that's how about I feel some days too. Questions from Cece. Cece. What's one of the most interesting conversations that you accidentally eavesdropped on or a startling situation that you had to witness? True story. I was at an airport bar once and a guy had this beautiful young family. The kids were like two and four, just gorgeous and dressed up. And the mom looked like she was wearing some Mary Claire shit and like way too gossied up for a for an airport. And he's, he's sitting pretty nice too. And like... Uh, I see them and like I talk to this guy at the bar when he's alone and he literally says I don't I shouldn't say literally says because it's it's been etched in memory and I had been drinking, but he says something like I, I say like what a beautiful family you have, right? And he says something like, Yep, yeah, yeah. And then there's a little ellipses and he goes, And they don't know that this is our last chance. What's the best recipe that you've created simply based on random things in the kitchen? I only have one recipe. It's orange chicken. I'm going to perfect it before I give it to all of you. I like it, but just because it turned out good a couple of times doesn't mean it's going to keep turning out good. So let me get my orange chicken, and then I'll tell you. Orange chicken. Purple duck. Some questions from Anonymous. Okay. Is there a book you wish would be turned into a movie or TV series? Ooh. Oh. You know what the world is ready for uh, with rotoscoping and CGI and everything? Like, especially if you get his dirty little hands off of it. We're finally ready for a Sandman series, I think. Uh, I think it could be done well. Obviously, it could be a huge fucking failure. But like a Sandman series, I'm convinced after Watchmen, 2019's Watchmen TV show, that Sandman could be done in a number of ways that would be pretty good. Um, I've talked about how like if you gave me the franchise Pirates of Dark Water, I would 100% just go to town with that and I would have the best fucking time. Tim Curry is an evil pirate while a black sludge apocalypse slowly circles the globe. Fuck yeah, it's a kid show. It's great. Uh, I would have a lot of fun with that. That's not a book or... That's a TV show, though. That's a media adaption. Focus, Jack. Focus. Is there a book? 
I mean, if you gave me the rights to the Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell universe, I would give you a way better fucking product than the BBC did. If you gave me the rights to Terry Pratchett, and uh, I guess I'll just stick with, with with English shit that I like, that I think I can stunt on. Give me the rights to Terry Pratchett and The Watch, I'll do a way fucking better show than The Watch. Uh... Uh... You know, it's actually kind of funny, Gulliver's Travels. It's been done a million times. So here's a funny thing about Gulliver's Travels. It's four different books. And everybody does the first two books. Because in one book he's big and in the other book he's small. And then everybody skips the next two fucking books. But the third book is very much our pandemic. The third book is Gulliver ends up on a flying city. And the city's basically powered by ignorance. Collective ignorance. The hot air of collective ignorance. And so the third book of Gulliver's Travel is basically Gulliver like, well, if these people learn this whole thing crashes, is that a good thing or bad? Is it a good thing or bad that if everybody admits that this thing shouldn't be flying, that it won't? (laughs) So you can probably see where I kind of connect to that one. Let's say you have your own late night talk show. Yes. Who do you invite as your first guest and what do you ask them about? Do I really get to invite anybody on my talk show as the first guest? Because that's not how that works, I don't think. And like, I want to be nice. If I if I actually had a talk show, I would be trying like to to make good of it. Because like, yeah, it's real tempting. But like, my first guest is Barack Obama. My first question is, Mr. Obama, how many people do you think you've killed? I can only imagine, like, how many people, like, the look at, like, the fucking car stairs and shit I'm getting right now. But, like, that's a fun question for me, and nobody else is going to ask it. Uh, but something tells me that that probably wouldn't get my talk show uh, off to a rockin' start. So, I guess, I guess the second funniest thing that I could do is, like, invite, like, Chevy Chase on. That's not going to be funny to anybody else, but he had a talk show that notoriously bombed. I could invite him on. I would actually, like, that's now that I've said that out loud, I kind of want to do the nonsense. I kind of actually want to do that but not be a dick. And I actually, like, the first, the first like, warm-up, like, monologue or whatever is just, like, me asking Arsenio and Hall and shit. Like, other, like, talk, like, how do you, how do you keep this job? <laughs> how do I not get fired? And it's just me, like, asking that question of, like, a lot of people that I personally don't have a lot of respect for. Going to show you how much I want to work in the industry, I guess. Uh, like like Chevy Chase and Bill Maher. I don't respect those guys. But it's a funny fucking joke, isn't it? If you if you know what happened to them, kind of. Anyway, that would, that would be kind of funny if that would be the first guest. And then, like, the first guest is supposed to be as big as possible, uh, I guess, which is why I said Barack Obama, because... Barack and Michelle Obama are the two biggest podcasters in America. My co-workers. And uh, it's, it's, a little, it's, a little, it's a little strange to think about that sometimes. Gosh, if I could have like a great guest. If I could really have like a talk show and I'm not going for like Charlie Rose or something. If I'm really going for an interesting, fun show. Who is the funnest... Who's the funniest who's the funniest fucking person I could ask questions of that I feel like I could ask questions of and they could keep being funny? Zach Galifianakis is way up there. I think I could read him. Nobody likes him anymore, but Tom Middleditch, I think I could ask him a million questions and that would be a fun interview. No one would care if it's the first interview. You want a big name and it's not Barack Obama. 
you know who I would invite on? No, because then it would just be a bunch of screaming girls all over again. And I, I definitely wouldn't want to... No offense, ladies, but come on. I want to try something at least a little bit different. I was going to say Tom Holland, but... Yeah. All right, that's enough rambling. I'm just... I'm not very good at celebrity names. <laughs> the ghost... My talk show's first guest would be the ghost of Orson Welles, followed by the ghost of Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> and it would be a great fucking show. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you, Allie, for asking all of those wonderful questions. Thank you to everybody who sent one in. Thank you to everything keeping the, the Jubilee on going. I appreciate you all very much. This is me trying to swing for it. Uh, I keep getting compliments about how good I sound. And it's really nice to hear. Thank you. Keep, keep them and keep the fantasies going, the questions. All the rest, it would mean a whole lot to me if you would talk to me about that kind of thing. You can find me at greatnighterotica at doubler.com. You can submit all of your questions and everything anonymously. I promise I read it all. I actually slipped up. As we, as we fade away, I slipped up a little bit here. I was like, oh, every message I've gotten has been so great for a long time now. And I thought for sure, like, well, that's going to just tempt at least one person to be a dick. No! No, it's been wonderful. Thank you to every, every single person who sent me in a message uh, anywhere from around Thanksgiving of 2020 uh, into uh, pretty well into February of 2021. It's, it's, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of, I was expecting some pretty bad stuff after I couldn't perform for a while there and what have you. And boy, howdy, have you guys just been so wonderful to me. Thank you so much. See you here next week. Bye.